You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. He's a gentleman that I met several years ago when he had me on his podcast. He's an amazing marketer, business owner. His name is Paul Kirch, and he's the president and CEO of Sellience, which is a unique and holistic digital marketing agency that focuses on customer experience optimization, amongst a whole bunch of other stuff. All right. Paul is also the host of an award-winning podcast, award-winning show called Boss Academy Radio. You can find that on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, Ben John. But today, I just want to welcome Paul to the show. We're going to have a good conversation. I'm excited because we have, you know, we're just getting a chance to catch up. Hey, Dennis, it's great to be on. Thank you so much for being here. You know, you were kind enough to have me on your show. You've got a, you've got more experience in podcasting than I do, and you've kind of pivoted these last few years, and you've got a really exciting business that you just rebranded with Sellience. Why don't you tell the audience, give the audience a one-minute infomercial here on what Sellience does, and then we'll kind of dive in. Yeah. First off, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's uh, interesting being on this end of the microphone, of course. But yeah, Boss Academy Radio, you mentioned that show. And you know, Boss Academy Radio was a show that really was focused on the entrepreneur and allowed me to have a voice to them. And it opened up a lot of opportunities. In fact, it was through that show that I really started to tap into an area that has become my passion, and that was digital marketing. It's kind of a long story that I can tell at another time, but we had this uh, digital marketing agency that I built called websitesandleads.com, and it was really focused on developing websites, doing good SEO, driving in leads. But we started to uncover that there was a missing piece to it. And a lot of our clients would be you know, they'd be getting great leads, they'd be getting great opportunities, they have this website that allows them to capture some opportunities. But a lot of times they didn't want to spend the money on going that extra level of conversion rate optimization and, and leveraging some of the tools that we have found that really work well. So we decided last year to kind of really maybe take a different stab at this. And we thought, well, let's take a more holistic approach. Let's don't try and upsell people on these services. Let's kind of package them because we know what works and we know what's really going to drive opportunities. And that opened up a lot of great dialogue and great opportunities. And we started to see that it was working. Now, the one thing that was interesting is websites and leads is what we call an EMD. It's an exact match domain. So that's something that people are probably searching for. A search engine optimization is obviously a powerful tool. And having a domain name that's around the topic people are searching for can be really beneficial. But the audience that we really wanted to serve, we thought maybe we need more of an agency style name. So we recently in the last few days actually rebranded to Salience. It's been kind of a long journey, but Salience is a variation of the word salience, which uh, means the quality of being particular, noticeable, important, prominence. We wanted our clients to have prominence online, but not just on their websites. So 
everything we do is focused on driving people from the point of just not just being a visitor to your site or to your digital assets, but also becoming a customer, becoming somebody you really build a relationship with. So that's how Salience came to be. And it's something that we've developed this model of CXO, which is customer experience optimization, which is really the idea of taking your whole digital folio and finding a way of making it work for you. So you don't just take people from a point of getting them to visit your website, but you take them to the point of building a relationship with you. And a lot of times becoming raving fans. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to dive in today. I'm going to pick your brain on customer experience optimization, which is something we haven't really specifically dove into in this podcast. So I'm excited and I hope the listeners are too. But before we do that, let me get a little bit micro into your business because you know we engage quite a bit on LinkedIn and social and we stay in touch and I see what you're doing you know, with your new, with websites and leads and now salience, obviously. But let me ask you something. If, if you had to uncover, if you had to pull back the hood and look at what was the number one strategy that you guys are using today in your business to get new clients, if you had to pick one, what would it be? I'd say it's focusing very much on a clear message that tells people who we are, who we serve, and how we serve them. That's the missing piece of a lot of people's digital approach. You know, whether it comes to your website, your articles you write, audio you do, your podcast, you need to make it clear that you can serve people in a certain way. I can't tell you how many people are getting traffic to their website, but it's the wrong traffic and they can't even serve these people because the message that they have is a disconnect. And we can talk about that a little bit more as we dive into this. So if we had to peel the onion back a little bit further, what channel or medium or mode or strategy are you using to deliver that? I know you're you take a more holistic approach, but in most businesses, when it comes to getting clients or leads, you know, there's always that 80-20 rule. What are you getting the most traction with these days? Is it is it LinkedIn? Is it more email? Is it SEO? Is it paid? What are you doing? Well, it's. I wish I could give you just a simple answer, but really it's all the above. I mean, LinkedIn is a, is a powerful platform for B2B prospecting, but it comes down to solid content online that is tied to your brand can make a huge impact in driving customers. So it's not necessarily the platform. It's really the mode of reaching out to people. And that's providing value-based content that really has us, gives us the opportunity to not only make someone's life better because we're giving them something of value, but it gives them repeated exposure to our brand. And that's through various channels, LinkedIn, our website, other social media posts, medium, things of that nature. So I think it's less important the platform and more important, the message and how it's portrayed. Okay, perfect. All right, great. So, you know, there's a, you know, being the fact that you're an expert in this whole customer experience optimization, you know, what we talked about before we hit record here was you were going to kind of unpack this for us a little bit, give the audience some tips and strategies on how they could start maybe optimizing that experience a little bit better to try to move the needle on their business. And I, obviously you're the guy to go to. So where would you start out with somebody that's looking, maybe they've got a website. Okay. Let's focus in on this guy or gal who's listening right now. They've got a website there, but they're probably not doing a whole lot with it. Maybe it's brochureware. Maybe it's just kind of, you know, they've checked off that box and it's, it's there, but it's probably not generating a whole lot of leads for them. It's probably not getting a ton of traffic. What would you do? I mean, how would you go about approaching that type of client? Yeah. And that's, that, happens a lot where you mentioned brochure where, I mean, I, I refer to them as static business card websites where there's a lot of times too much information. They're very verbose. 
It's an interesting fact, but we look at Google Analytics data or other tracking data that we leverage, and we'll see sometimes really high abandon rates on websites that yeah, it might even be a decent looking website. And you're going, well, why are people abandoning? And then we dive in further and we notice that they're just throwing the kitchen sink treatment at people. New visitors to your website literally in a matter of seconds make a decision on whether or not they should talk to you further, whether they should dive in further. But if your homepage, your landing page of your website is just filled with verbose over, you know, very flowery information and too much of it, well, most times our brain goes into panic mode and we leave. We go to our, your competitor. So one of the things that we do is we, we want to help you simplify your message. I always say that you can give people way more information about your company and the services you offer. And a lot of times people are in love with their businesses, right? And they're in love with their services and they, they don't understand why people aren't in love with it as well. But if you're giving too much information and scaring people off, they're not even getting a chance to learn more about you and fall in love with you the way that you think they should. So give them information on their terms, not on your terms. And by that, I mean using hooks on the website where like a, a very powerful headline that draws people in, makes them want to learn more about you and want to dive in further. Then you can drive them to more content on topics, but don't force them to read through a mountain of information. Give them very small, brief snippets on various services and, and things you offer, and then drive them deeper into pages that actually maybe have more content but always on every piece of your site, your website. And this applies to your LinkedIn profile, your social media posts. Make it clear and make it easy for them to digest. Leveraging bullet points, images, videos. These are things that allow people to, to share more information, but do it in a way that's more palatable and easier digested. Yeah, so, I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, you, you struck a chord with me because I see this all the time, with, particularly with small business owners where you know they they want to write a novel, right? They want to tell everything, they want to tell their entire story on the home page and they're trying to overly impress whoever lands on that page almost out of desperation to sound like they know what they're talking about and it just overwhelms the user and all of a sudden they just click off, right? So you you know you lose that user as quick as you've gained them and and unfortunately he's probably never ever going to come back. So that first impression I agree with you is really important. And then you just talked about LinkedIn, which is obviously my go-to for social media. And I agree. That's one of the things that I, that first impression in the way you frame and structure and lay out your, even your profile is critically important. So, I mean, if it's important in your profile, just imagine how important it is on your primary branding tool, which is your website. So yeah, I think that's perfect. I think Avoiding overwhelm and being very succinct in your messaging on your homepage to push them in the direction of very targeted content that could that is specific to maybe their pain points or their needs or wants. I think that's a great first step. Yeah, and you know, you think about LinkedIn and Dennis. You know this as well as anybody. The headline on your LinkedIn is limited for a reason. I mean, there's various reasons that LinkedIn limits it, but one of the reasons is they want you to be successful. And if you're just trying to throw too many buzzwords at someone you're going to scare them off. So you're limited. I think it's 160 characters in the headline. And, and that allows you to actually, for, I guess it forces you to be more precise with your message. And, you know, you mentioned trying to impress people and being, you know, just afraid of, of letting people go. Truth be told, as marketers, there's certain things that we're exposed to. If you go through any training program, you, you follow any uh, anybody who's a marketing coach, they always talk about differentiation. They always talk about 
standing out. They always talk about these things, you know, being seen as unique in the marketplace. And I agree with that to a point. But when you're using flowery content to try and make yourself sound like you're different from everyone else, a lot of times people see through it or they don't even read it because it's like they just don't want to muddle through that. So they move on. So it's important to be concise with your message. But also, I mean, yes, focus on being different, but do it in a way that's legitimate and and honest. Yep. Totally agree. Perfect. All right. So that was step one, which was kind of be succinct in your messaging, focused, and don't overwhelm them You know, with that first impression. You want to make a good first impression. Where would you go from there? Okay. So if we're talking about, I think for this particular discussion, I'm going to focus on the website, even though it applies to other things, but content is king. The idea of providing too much content, yes, you can do that, but you can also use content as one of the most powerful tools to draw people in. Blog posts, people still read them. And you know what? They drive traffic. And even if people aren't reading them the way you want, they're not commenting on them, on them the search engines use automated processes to determine whether or not you're someone who should be getting traffic. If you're only putting up a website that has some information about your company and services, maybe a picture of your team and an About Us page and a Contact Us form, and you never touch that, well, the search engines are not indexing you enough to give you good organic traffic. If you have a blog and you're writing blog posts once a week, once a day, once a month even, the search engines, every time you put up new content, are going, hey, you know what? Dennis just put up a new article. Let's go check it out. They use an automated process to go out and they comb through looking for keywords. They look for your header tags and things of that nature. And when they see these things, they go, what are the words in here? Okay, those are the things that this article is about. This looks like good content. Let's drive some people specific to that. So you need to actually know how to format your blog posts, content on your website. But the other piece that I always tell people is getting people to your website is not the hard part, but you want them to be engaged. So what are you doing to engage them? Do you have something to give them a value? Do you have some videos you can share? Maybe a a report, maybe something you found from someone else that you can share, giving them something of value that, you know what, Dennis, your website's great and you're a resource. I'm going to come back again because if people are exposed to your brand multiple times, that gives them more of an opportunity to buy. And when it comes to your website, we're talking about content right now, but there's some really powerful strategies to keep people engaged in your website. If people try and navigate away, you can use exit intent pop-ups. So somebody goes up takes their mouse up to the browser bar and they start to navigate away from your site, a little pop-up can say, hey, before you leave, did you know about my report on seven highly effective ways to engage on LinkedIn? It's like, well, I didn't know about that. That sounds really cool. And so now all of a sudden, maybe they click on that, they opt in, they get that report and they find you someone of value and they weren't interested in you until they had something that made them have great interest. So the next piece First is getting people to your you know, site, but getting them to understand your message is clear, but then giving things of value to them. Perfect. So obviously content, you know, but not content for content's sake. I see people that are putting content out there that, you know, again, isn't consistent with, you know, with their brand, isn't consistent with their product or service, isn't consistent with their target market. And I think that comes out of what I call content, you know, where they're frustrated because they, they're on this content wheel, right? That they can't seem to get off. But I would say, I mean, would you agree quality is definitely more important than quantity when it comes to website content? 
I would say 100% quality matters. But I'm going to give you a perspective, Dennis, that you may not be thinking about with what you just said. And I'm not trying to contradict you here, but I'm going to give you a different thought process. Perfect. Well, let's say you're in the B2B space and you, I don't know, let's say that you sell digital marketing services like we do and, and you're writing content related to digital marketing and you're getting some traffic. But now let's say that I'm also an avid cyclist and I want to write some articles on cycling. But, you know, I I find a creative way of kind of spinning it so that uh, it's about cycling. But, you know, there's always some way of tying it into what I do. It's loosely connected and somebody might come out there and read that content and go, what's this have to do with digital marketing? But the search engines are very limited in the way that they see things. So Google being a great example, they're sophisticated in one way, but they're also limited. If the search engines come out and they see content on cycling and they start to send you cyclists because that's the way the content structured and they start to send you these cyclists that are not necessarily digital marketing customers. But you have keywords that you are trying to get ranked for that the articles actually include. Now, all of a sudden, these, these cyclists are coming out to your site in droves, and they're spending time on your site. Now, the search engines go, wait a minute here. These guys are coming to the site. They're reading this content. They're staying on there for a period of time. This must be good content. This must be a site that we should send more traffic to. Now, they start to send more traffic. People coming to your site are not even necessarily customers potential customers. But because you're getting traffic to the site and because the keywords that you have embedded in these articles and that you're leveraging are relevant to your business, now all of a sudden the search engines start moving you up the ranking. You might even end up on page one for a search term that is relevant to your business and attracts the right people, but your content was not even related to that audience. It's a strategy that's underutilized, but you do not have to write content about your specific business if there's a strategy behind it to attract buyers. Because ultimately, now all of a sudden, if you're on page one of the search engines for a phrase that is relevant to your buying audience and you're getting new customers because of that, even though that content wasn't targeted to them, it's a strategy that can actually be used to drive people to you. It sounds a little confusing, but if you break it down, the way you write content always should be a value. But the strategy behind content marketing doesn't have to be as specifically targeted as you might think. Yeah. So I think the key component there that you, where you differentiated was even if it's not directly related to your product or service or, you know, the exact target market you're going after, if they're spending time on your site and that sends the correct signal to Google that the site is valuable and they, they rank your site above your competitors from a from a user perspective, because they're spending more time in your site, it could have a ripple effect on your other content and your other keywords that you're going after on Google, correct? Absolutely. Perfect. Now, it can be frustrating from a site owner's perspective that maybe you're getting the wrong people to your site. You know, it's like, well, none of these people are buying. I'm getting traffic. And they're not converting. But over time, that strategy can actually be one that transforms your business. Yeah. And you mentioned something before that where you were talking about like an exit intent pop-up. You know, I had a, I had uh, recently just did an episode, episode 113, where I talked about how one little tweak on my website added over $20,000 in profit. And I talk about that. It's a short episode. You guys could check that out. I don't want to rehash it, but that comes into, you know, conversion rate optimization, which is part of what, you know, Paul is talking about today. And I was using like an exit intent pop-up to do that. And so, I mean, trust me when I tell you that really, really works. I mean, I had a kind of a static 
you know, lead, lead magnet or a lead capture email form. And then I started adding some of these, you know, these different formats, you know, to engage the user as they were exiting. I tested all kinds of different stuff. And then I finally found the right formula for me. And I was able to increase the opt-in rate by over a hundred percent. And that over a pretty short period of time added 20,000 in profit to my bottom line. So that's a very powerful strategy in itself. Obviously that's usually in conjunction with content, but yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that SEO, sometimes it's hard to measure the return on investment, but CRO often translates into a strong return on investment. And that's the differentiator there. I think a lot of people that are out in the marketing space selling website development, they sell SEO because it is easy to show somebody results. Look, I'm getting visitors to your site. But the website owner sitting there and going, well, that's great, but they're not buying. And that's where CRO can really make a huge impact. And you made a great example there. And you mentioned that, and I actually heard your episode where you talked about that. And it sounds like your anticipation for this year is even more growth from that same strategy. Yeah, because I literally just implemented that in the probably the second or third quarter of 2018. So I didn't even get a full year with it of testing it and implementing it and getting, you know, results from it. So yeah, I think it'll, it'll be even a bigger return this year. And that's just on that one lead magnet. So of course, now that I've kind of figured that out and understand how to do that split testing and what's, what's working with my users, I'm doing that with all my other lead magnets as well. And all my other, you know, pages to try to optimize those as well. It's not just a one and done thing. I mean, you can optimize your, your different parts of your site for different activities and different reasons, lead capture or otherwise. So that's perfect. All right, listen, how do you want to wrap it up here? I mean, as far as the last part of this optimization piece, you know, the customer experience optimization, is there any other pieces that you think are really important? We talked about not overwhelming them, making a good first impression. We talked about content is critical. You need to be adding content. We talked about, you know, this, this exit intent pop-up and using conversion rate optimization what other pieces would you like to add in there? Yeah, I mean, we've really touched on the tip of the iceberg, but to be honest with you, if there's one one piece I would say that is important, it's giving people exposure to your brand more than one time. And that doesn't necessarily just happen through your website. I don't know if your audience is going to be as familiar with retargeting. I know you are, but the idea of pixel tracking. So maybe if you can use uh, use the example, somebody goes out to Amazon and they look at a lamp. And uh, they click on the image of the lamp and they're doing all this research on it. And then the next day or maybe even the day after they're out on another website and all of a sudden they see an ad for that lamp from Amazon. And they go, that's bizarre. I just was looking at that lamp. Well, that's called retargeting. Um, Also sometimes referred to as remarketing. But the idea of using a pixel that's embedded in that image that when you click on it, it talks to your computer, puts a cookie on your computer. Now, when you go out to websites which are connected with ad networks, which maybe have a relationship with Amazon, now all of a sudden they look at your cookies and they say, oh, you know what? This guy just looked at a lamp and here's the lamp. Let's serve an ad up for that. You can do that with your brand as well. And that's just one example of exposing people to a brand more than once. So somebody comes to your website, they really didn't see a reason to buy from you. They say, oh, it's great information. And they navigate away. Well, then they're on Facebook and they see a post from you. And they click on that post. Or maybe they click on an ad for your company. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later, they're out looking on a website and they get your ad showing up again. And they go, wait a minute. This Dennis Brown guy is somebody I really need to get to know more about. 
they come back out to your website, maybe not even remembering they'd been to your website at all, but they know your brand somewhere. That multiple exposures is how we really engage people online. One time visit to a website does not make someone a buyer. Yeah. Very few times does somebody visit your website the first time and buy, right? So that retargeting, remarketing concept and strategy allows you as a brand, as a company, as a business to follow them around the web, even when they're not on your site, whether they be on some social network or Google or any number of places. So super powerful concept, a little bit more advanced, but really not that bad. You no, know, let, and, me, let me touch on that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't pay you off, but no, um, retargeting was one example, but your social media posts, your videos, uh, you're doing daily, you do regular videos on LinkedIn, as do I, Facebook. If I'm exposed to your video, it's the same as like the idea of a retargeting. It's one more exposure. It's, uh, you know, back in the days of print advertising and TV advertising, ad impressions, X number of ad impressions could drive somebody to being a customer. Well, it's the same with online. The more you're exposed to a brand, the more you have trust for them. And they may not even necessarily know why they trust you, but your brand's familiar to them and familiarity breeds trust. Perfect. Well, it kind of goes back to that rule of seven, right? You know, that old marketing concept that, you know, somebody has to see your brand multiple times. You know, there's that, again, the rule of seven is just kind of one that's been out there where they have to see you multiple times before they know, like, and trust. And then at that point, they you have a significantly better opportunity of, of converting them into a customer. So, well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. The last two questions, let's do these rapid fire if we could. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using at Salience to grow your business? Wow, that's a if great If you had one. to pick one. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I mean, I think it comes back to leveraging the Google keywords tools. I mean, and we have other keyword tools that we use, but keyword research still matters. Using like Google Keyword Planner or Google Search Console or what? which would be the more likely one? I would say any of the AdWords tools, to be honest with you. Cool. All right. Awesome. And what's one book that you would recommend to the audience? Something that, you know, just is always in the back of your mind as it relates, if possible, towards growth or entrepreneur or sales and marketing. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a book that doesn't necessarily relate directly to digital marketing, but it's getting there. A book of mentors by Jillian Zoe Siegel. Uh, she went out and interviewed a bunch of different high-performing executives like uh, John Paul DeJoria, Anderson Cooper, uh, Warren Buffett, and it explores their failures and why they were able to you know, be successful. And John Paul DeJoria was homeless living in his car before he became a multi-billionaire through Paul Mitchell and other brands. And Warren Buffett was deathly afraid of public speaking before he finally went through a $100 Dale Carnegie course. And on his office wall in Omaha, Nebraska, he's got this $100 certificate framed on his wall because it changed his life. And so all these people talked about failures that led them to success. And I think so often in entrepreneurship, we really get dejected when things aren't going well. But sometimes you got to hit a little bit of a rock bottom and bounce back up before you can see success. Exactly. Well, listen, I appreciate it, Paul. I appreciate you being here. You've been very helpful. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn a little bit more about Salience, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, you can come out to Salience.com and S-E-L-L-I-E-N-C-E, or you can email me directly at paul at Salience.com, and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Thanks, Dennis. Awesome. Listen, I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon, Paul. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, 
then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.